The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involves varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Know the difference. Now, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. Welcome to the show. we got 60 minutes. Let's get to it. It's going to be action-packed coming up. We're going to talk about the market. We're going to do a nice recap. In fact, a couple of segments there. This is a great balanced show. Also on the way, our financial planning team is going to stop in six last-minute tax contributions you should consider. Ask Annex is on the way. Talking a little bit about legacy goals. That's something we do. And then also on the way, investigating muni and corporate bonds. Know the difference. It's a webinar that we got coming up. Details on that. That and more. AnnexWealth.com is our website. I'm Danny Clayton, Dave Spano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Here we cross into the 30-plus day mark on the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Was that the dominating story last week? Well, it continued to be, but, you know, in the markets, as we like to say, we've had one heck of a rally. And think about it, when the war started, of course, you know, Derek had said, maybe a month ago when the bullets start flying, you should probably start buying. And a whole lot of people did that. The S&P is up 10%. And the triple Qs, which is a proxy for the NASDAQ, is up 13% off those lows in just the last couple of weeks. So we've had a really nice rally since that has happened, and it's been wide. Most of the companies, Danny, have been participating, 90% of the stocks participating. So we don't really have an all clear from where we were, obviously, because there's so many things in front of us. Obviously, we know about the war. We know about the Federal Reserve, especially the problems that they have in front of them. But think about where we were two years ago. This was the bottom from the COVID bottom two years ago, Danny, from today. And then after that, actually 2020 wound up having a pretty good year, right? It S&P was what, high 20s? It something did. Like that? So it rallied significantly. In fact, you know, we're up 100% from those lows in March of 2020 to where we are today. So, you know, that's the S&P 500 up 100%. So it has rallied significantly. If you were buying the S&P 500, the index, you've made a whole lot of money since the bottom of that thing. And so that's the things that we look at. And people want to go, well, how could that happen? Well, obviously, there was a huge downturn. We all know about that. Here's the key. $1 trillion, Danny, of inflows into the equity markets since the bottom. So you go, where did that money come from? It came off the sideline. It came from corporations. It came from people's income statements, for example. And then, of course, people put money back into the market. So a trillion dollars of inflows certainly will make the market rally. And you think about what's the alternative. Remember you talked about Tina, my, uh, Tina, my Italian <laughs> cousin, right? Tina, T-I-N-A, there is no alternative. And so there's so many things that have gone into that. So the market can be overbought but it may not be over-owned. And that's something that we're looking at right now. There's still money coming into the markets as we speak. Is traditional thinking, Dave, that that because we've got such a global economy that things in Europe, things in Ukraine and Russia really do affect over here? Because, you know, Coca-Cola, a multinational company. Well, for sure, for sure, because if you think about supply chains, you think about companies that are based here, Coca-Cola, McDonald's. Yep. I mean, if they get 8 to 10% of their revenue from Russia, for example, that's going to hurt their balance sheets. And of course, there are exporters, not only energy, but commodities, wheat coming out of Ukraine, all, all of those things. And then, of course, you look at what's happening with oil. 
And on Friday afternoon, I was looking at jet fuel, the cost of jet fuel, which has tripled. And just at that same time, Frontier and Spirit announced a merger. And so there's no question that right now the people are trying to figure out, corporations are sitting around a boardroom and saying, what is the best way to be accretive in this environment? And you have to try to find companies that have pricing power. In other words, if your input costs, your commodity prices are going up, can you pass those along? And there are some companies who are able to do that. There sure are. People would think, oh, companies are not doing well right now, but they do. They've got the pricing power right. and they're, they're doing okay. Right. So fertilizers, agricultures, chemical companies, for example, are all are doing that. And then the other side, you have to look at who's going to be put under pressure with a Federal Reserve tightening. And that, of course, could be big banks. And so we're starting to watch that because an inversion of the yield curve, as we've covered before, has been a harbinger for tough times ahead. And we talked about this three years ago and the economy was slowing down and now we're starting to see the signs again. So we are watching it. Are you watching it? Do you need somebody to help you on that? We do investment and retirement planning, tax planning and estate planning. We do it as one plan. Not one plan is the same, though. It's a complete plan using the power of the entire Annex team. And we're talking about that investment and retirement planning and tax planning and estate planning working together on behalf of you. Most important part, we're a fee-only fiduciary talking about complete fee transparency. The great thing about our website is it's packed with so much information. You can go there. You can read our story. You can check out the Know the Difference checklist. You can set your own appointment even if you were with somebody else, there's nothing wrong with having a second set of eyes. We'd love to help for 2022 and beyond. AnnexWealth.com, click on that Get Started button. Back in a bit on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, Sunday, March 27th. Quick break. We're going to be back, 92.5 Fox News. Sure, there are market updates, but learn something new and interesting with the Know the Difference Minute from Annex Wealth Management. We'll go beyond the usual topics and dig in deep on developing and breaking stories. Catch them all on Spotify. Search Know the Difference Minute from Annex Wealth Management. We're back. Quick reminder, we got a great Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel, over 1,400 videos produced by Annex Wealth Management. We didn't buy these off the shelf from somebody else. Uh, this is our team putting things together. Highly searchable. If you got a question about QCDs, about IR about 401ks, what can you do for your grandkids, all that. It's at the Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel. Know the difference? It's one team, one plan, one fee. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. I'm Danny Clayton, Dave Spano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management on the show. You know, Danny, you asked me in the last segment, do you think that Russia is the big story? And it's hard to get away from that, obviously, when they're talking about nuclear attacks. I mean, it certainly gets everyone's attention. But to the markets, the bigger story is the Federal Reserve. And, you know, we did cover uh, last week the three R's, right? Russia, recession, and rate hikes. And so we're back to the Federal Reserve. They are front and center of the entire argument. They obviously announced the 25 basis point or one quarter of 1% hike that we anticipated and then said likely six more. So obviously you take that out and you're going to get to two and a half percent of a federal funds rate from zero. That's a dramatic move. And in fact, the Dallas Fed president, Bullard, keeps pounding the table about a 50 basis point hike in this past week. Jerome Powell said that's not off the table either. So 50 basis points, now that they're talking about, they're trying to set the market up. And they have done that before. They have signaled what they're going to do before they do it. And so that is out there right now, and we're going to have to watch that. That is to slow things down. Right. Who does that slow down? Well, it slows down consumers, right? Okay. So you look at you know overheating. And so there's two sides of what's happening. There's a supply chain issue, which is obviously a lack of supplies 
and then there's a demand issue, which means there's an incredible amount of demand, and that equilibrium is now off. Too much demand and not enough supply, and we remember that from economics in high school. Wouldn't higher prices really curb the behavior more than higher interest rates? It's, there's an old saying that higher, the answer for higher prices is higher prices, well, so I it think, slows things down. And I think that's what a lot of people are going through right now. You, you've mentioned a lot of times the high price of gas. is It's really a tax on everybody, especially the lower-end consumer. Right. Uh, it, it's just tough on them. Then everybody starts to make choices of what they may or may not do. They drop a Disney Plus or right. they don't do a vacation or things. I mean, it scales up and down. It does, and there's an economic term called demand destruction. And that's really what they're thinking is that higher rates slows the economy down and starts to slow down demand. And therefore that slows down inflation. But the Federal Reserve is really in a tricky box. And we have been saying this now for years because they have to have what's called a soft landing. They have to slow inflation down without crashing the airplane. And that means sending us into a policy mistake, which is a recession. And so we're going to find out with the GDP report coming up that we generally watch the Atlanta Fed because they're out in front a lot of times and they give us GDP reports and it went down to zero, then up to one, and now we're in between there right now. But it's a low number, right? So the Federal Reserve really has to thread the needle here and try to slow inflation down without crashing us into the economy. And that is a tough gig. So they just tap it on the brakes, a quarter point, the half point could do it as well. I mean, aren't there maybe even two of those in a row? Well, I hope not, but that is probably what they're talking about. And so if that happens, does it slow the plane too fast, obviously, and that puts us into a recessionary environment? They're hoping that demand is so strong coming out of COVID that that is going to still be okay. And, you know, people haven't traveled. There's people, Danny, who haven't traveled in two years, haven't gone out, haven't gone to theaters and restaurants, and then those folks will come out and that will keep demand up. Restaurants had not a great January because Omicron was still kind of, but February was really good. I think people want to do this stuff. People want to get out. They're still flying. They're paying more, but they're still flying. They are flying. You've been to the airport, you know, anywhere you've gone, you can see that the airports are absolutely jam-packed. You can see that in Florida. You can see that in the Midwest. Obviously, we can see lots of places that there is huge demand, and therefore people are still going to be out there. So that's why the Federal Reserve really has a tough gig in front of them to slow these things down without making a policy mistake. I don't know if you saw that Fidelity study that said that 40% of most people put planning on hold for the last couple of years. Wouldn't that be the last time that you wouldn't want to? I mean, seriously. Yeah, you got to do it. But, you know, Buffett often says this, that when we talk about planning, one of the things that you should do is not try to anticipate the rain, but build the ark. And that is really the planning piece and putting your portfolio together. There you go. Can we help? Know the difference? It's one team, one plan, one fee, the whole thing. Investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. We call it Wealth Metric. It's a complete plan using the power of everybody that works for Annex Wealth Management. Fee-only fiduciary, that's the most important part. You can read about that on the Know the Difference checklist at AnnexWealth.com. That's where you can hit the Get Started button. Set you up for 2022 and beyond. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're going to be right back on 92.5 Fox News. The Week in Review, Know the Difference Minutes, team segments, planning topics, including investments, retirement, tax, and estate. It's all on the Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Head to YouTube and search Annex Wealth Management. We're back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Coming up next, Jill Martin is our estate planning attorney. We have kind of a fun topic called, does an estate really take 570 hours to settle? And the answer is... 
It can, mm-hmm. and that's why Annex Wealth Management does estate planning along with all of the other stuff, what we do. Dave Spano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management, on a lovely Sunday afternoon. You know, Danny, uh, someone asked me the other day, with all of this uh, concern around the world, what do you think about just going to cash? And I said, that that's generally a bad idea, but... Also, sticking your hand in a tiger cage while she's eating is another bad, <laughs> a bad idea. idea. That's, yeah. that's you had your bad idea jeans on that day. Second time we've seen that, but you know you generally don't want to go to cash, and I'll tell you why. Is number one, you're trying to guess, you're trying to time the mark, you're trying to time when to get out, of course, and then when to get back in. And there's so many factors that could really turn this thing around. One of them could be uh, maybe there is some type of ceasefire. Uh, over in Russia and Ukraine, maybe the Federal Reserve, you know, backs off on, on their aggressive stance, or maybe just the fact that sitting in cash, getting zero or 0.24, whatever your money market is paying these days, subtracting out inflation, you're actually going backwards, Danny. And so you look at those three things and go, number one, it's generally not a good idea because you don't want to time. And number two, you're frankly, you're losing money when it's just sitting there and not earning anything. When they say go to cash, they're not talking about sitting on cash. They're just saying sell, right? They're well, they're sell. not going to a money market. Yeah, account. okay. So sure. you look in your portfolio, whatever, you know, you know, we use Schwab, as you know, and TD Ameritrade and Fidelity. If you look at your statement, you can be in equities, you can be in bonds, you can be in alternatives, or you can be in, they call it cash. And what it's not cash cash. It's not like you got a handful yeah. of 20s. It is actually a money market account that really doesn't pay much. You've been doing this a long time. Did you see people do that in 08, 09? Well, you know, we did. We raised cash. Now, you can raise cash, and I think that's a fine idea, and be more liquid and take advantage of opportunities. But did we have clients that got out? Yeah, there was people who got out and never got back in, and they didn't want to get back in until 2012, four years later. So it's not a bad idea to raise some capital, but to sell everything and pay taxes on it generally is not a good idea. If we can help with investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we always do it as a fee-only fiduciary. We're going to underline that word always. Up next on the Annex Wealth Management Show... 570 hours. Is that what an estate takes to settle? It can sometimes. We're going to talk to our estate planning attorney about that next. If we can help, our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? At Annex, we do holistic planning. And maybe that sounds a little new age, but it's not. Let's try the word comprehensive. Clients receive investment and retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning services, and that's where our next guest comes in. Welcome back to the show, estate planning attorney, Annex Wealth Management, Joe Martin. Hey, Joe. Thanks, Danny. Good to be here. Got to tell you, I read recently it takes an average of 570 hours to settle an estate. I was shocked. That is a big number. 
That is a big number, and I don't know that that's completely accurate. That might be a little on the high end, but it really depends on the complexity of that estate and the asset mix that may be being passed on to the next generation. You said it, the more valuable the estate, the maybe the longer it takes to settle. And again, this was a company that kind of peddles this service, so maybe they're on the high end to kind of scare people. But settling estate, review me on this, it falls to the executor, right? It, it does when we're talking about probate and using a will, okay? So that's when a quote-unquote executor or a personal representative, if someone has a revocable trust as part of their estate plan, that duty would fall onto a trustee. In addition, sometimes there isn't one of those people. If everything went through beneficiary designations, it's on the beneficiaries to contact and file the claim forms and all those things. So it can really be divided among a variety of different people that have to quote unquote settle the estate. I learned that firsthand, right? And you kind of helped me through that. My dad's estate was set up in a beneficiary manner, but still there were a couple things that we needed some help on. Thank you, Annex Wealth Management and Joe Martin. What is the job of the executor? There's a couple core things that that executor needs to do. Number one is they have to safeguard all of those assets and that property for the benefit of the beneficiaries. Okay, so that means you have to figure out what are all the assets, what are they worth, what do we do with them? You come across situations where the executor isn't necessarily a beneficiary. It might be someone else or a corporate individual that's really there to do what's in the best interest of the family. And so sometimes that executor might have some conflicts of interest as a beneficiary and an executor. And you want to make sure you're finding a good person to do that. It's funny you bring that up. And we talked about this on the Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel. There's a playlist of 20 videos dedicated to estate planning. And, and it is worth a visit. We have one that I nicknamed, should your brother-in-law Bob be your executor? Spoiler alert, I think we determined he should not be. I agree with you on that one. I think we did in that segment determine that mm, maybe Bob's not the right choice. We're talking about the hours and the work. Maybe these people have full-time jobs. They're grieving as well if they're a loved one. 570 hours, as you said, is a lot, but 57 hours is a lot. What makes that number climb? It really depends on the complexity of the assets, right? If you've got a couple of bank accounts, you know, and maybe an annuity or, or something like that, it's going to be fast and easy. But if you have a house or a piece of real estate, it's going to need to be valued. It's going to need to be cleaned out. Let's think about just how long would it take you to clean out your parents' house? That could be 57 hours in and of itself. If they've been hoarders or they've collected things over the years, there are services you can hire to help do a lot of these things, but you are still the responsible party as that executor that needs to coordinate and manage all of that. Are executors compensated? They certainly can be. In the state of Wisconsin, a personal representative is allowed to take a percentage fee based on the value of the assets that are going through the probate process. So they can take a fee and be compensated to do that. It's taxable income to them and it has to be reported, but they can be compensated. So having a well-crafted estate plan, that should be the goal. Let's do estate planning 101. Before you get into the specifics of like assets, you really do need a conversation with the person, right? You do, right? It used to be that people would feel honored. Oh, you've named me as your executor or your trustee. That might not necessarily be the honor that you think it is. With it comes a lot of work, as we've talked about today. So you want to make sure that the person that you're naming, A, is capable. 
that they are going to have the time and maybe the expertise to be able to handle finances and manage things like that. You want to be careful about who that is. And and that's really, really important because you also want to make sure you're telling them that you've named them in that role. I've talked to many of our clients who they didn't even know they were named in an estate plan to be an executor. And all of a sudden it's like, whoa, I don't know anything about this person's finances. I don't even know where to start. That makes the process hard too. How granular should it be? I mean, there are fights you hear season ticket fights, even like cherished rings or something. That's a good idea to define that stuff, but that could be exhausting. At the very least, the pre-conversation would maybe prevent some nasty fights. It can. So I always tell people that communication of the estate plan is a critical element in the process. It's usually the last piece that's done, and it doesn't necessarily need to talk about the finances that are are involved, but you want to talk to them about the overall plan and the strategy of the estate. That conversation allows you to head off some of those battles. But as we all know, when someone passes away and there's money involved, people can get a little crazy. I've seen awful situations. To your point, the Packer tickets, right? I've seen three grown men fight over mom's handwritten recipe cards. You can't predict that. You can't put that into the estate plan because you have no idea, right? So you can do as much planning as you can, but sometimes there are just going to be issues that crop up that you can't pre-plan for. But bottom line, get a plan prior to passing that's going to cut down on the time, the energy, and the cost of settling that estate. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because what happens is, is if you don't have a plan, then nobody's really in charge. And so then it becomes who's going to take responsibility to do all of these things because somebody's going to need to step up. And if there's liabilities involved, it very well could be a creditor that's going to step in and deal with this. And that's probably the worst case scenario that you could have. Annex Wealth Management, we do investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and as you just heard, lots of detail with estate planning. That's what we do. Start at AnnexWealth.com. Jill Martin, estate planning attorney. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Those new smartwatches give you all sorts of insights on your personal health. Heart rate steps all right there. Wealthmetric gives you key insights on your financial health. If you're looking for analysis and data on your financial health, get your Wealthmetric by visiting AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? 1987, country artist George Strait had a number one song with All My Exes Live in Texas. Huge hit, went platinum with sales of over a million. For the rest of us, it's more like All My Messes Live in Taxes. Maybe not this year, how about that? We're less than a month away from the filing deadline, and we've got some last-minute help courtesy of a couple of gentlemen from our financial planning team. Eric Strom is one financial planning manager and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Hello, Eric. Hello, Danny. And you know that song. I do know that you song. You do know that Tom, you don't know that song, do you? No, not quite. Tom Burkholz is a financial planning specialist and a CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome to the show. Eric, there was a recent money due in our newsletter, Axiom. It was excellent. I thought it might help some folks if we gave it a little radio time. Six last-minute contributions you can still make before tax day, which this year is April 18th. Depending on a couple of conditions, many listening right now can take advantage of at least a couple of them. Yeah. So first of all, Danny, thank you for reading our articles in the Axiom. We appreciate that. Yes, it's not too late for some of these last minute tax strategies. So for example, if you had earned income in 2021, you can make an IRA contribution. If you meet other requirements as well, you can potentially get a tax deduction for that contribution. So why does that matter? Let's say that you do your taxes and you find out that you owe money and you're not happy about that. Or maybe you're coming right up against a tax bracket or you're phasing out of a deduction. An IRA contribution can potentially bring your income back down at the 11th hour. 
which, you know, can rescue you, so to speak, with that tax deduction. So that's one option we've got. So second on the list, contribute to a Roth IRA. That's kind of identical to the first, right? Except it's a Roth. Right. Yeah. So for the Roth IRA, you're not going to get the tax deduction on your contribution. In fact, there's a lot of tax preparers out there who actually recommend traditional IRAs over the Roth IRA because you can lower your taxes in that calendar year. But our opinion is that's more of a micro approach to taxes. And here at Annex, we take a more macro approach. And how can we lower taxes over the lifetime? And for that reason, we think the Roth is a very powerful vehicle because you don't get the deduction, but you get the tax-free deferral and growth and income in retirement. Could you do both in one year? Could you do an IRA? and a Roth IRA? You could do both and a mix of both, but you just have to adhere to the limits. I said there were a few conditions on a couple of these, and our third requires that you be married in order to make a spousal IRA contribution. Yes, normally you need earned income to contribute to an IRA or a Roth IRA. But interestingly, if you are married, you can piggyback off of your spouse's earned income. So let's say, for example, that you each want to contribute $6,000 to an IRA but you don't have any earned income yourself. As long as your spouse has at least that total 12,000 of earned income, you're okay to make that contribution. Eric Strom and Tom Burkholz from the Annex Wealth Management Financial Planning Department here covering six last-minute contributions you can still make before tax day on April 18th. The fourth is to contribute to an HSA or health savings account. There's at least one important condition though for an HSA. Right. Yeah. Well, the one big condition is you need a high deductible health care plan to be eligible. But Danny, like you mentioned, it's very tax advantageous to be able to look back to last year and make an HSA contribution up until the tax filing deadline. And it gets even better than that because a lot of people think HSAs are really the greatest gift in the tax code because payroll contributions are tax deductible. And then you get the tax-free growth and then even tax-free distributions if it's for qualified medical expenses as well. You know, it's funny. Whenever we talk about HSAs, everybody's face just lights up here. We love them. Fifth last-minute tax contribution you can make before filing, contribute to a 529 plan. So what is that and what are the conditions? That's right. Yeah, you can contribute to a 529 plan as well through the tax deadline as long as you're eligible. And the things to remember with the 529 plans are they're very state dependent, as every state really has their own rules when it comes to state income tax deduction. So there can be a, definitely tax reasons to contribute to these. But in my opinion, it's really for the loved one's future college expenses. And our final last minute tax contribution is for business owners. Contribute to a SEP IRA, a profit sharing plan, a pension plan or more. How about some more detail on that? Yeah. So business owners have access to many special savings options that others do not have access to. You listed some of them, Danny. An old favorite, though, for last-minute tax vehicle for savings for business owners is the SEP IRA. However, recent legislation with the SECURE Act has actually opened things up a little bit and made it easier to fund and even establish other types of plans, even up to the 11th hour, like where we are now. If you're a business owner, I would hope that you're working with a good accountant and you can work with them to see what of these various plan options are good for you. Key point to remember is we approach taxes at Annex Wealth Management, not just something that happens in mid-April. We fully engage in tax planning for our clients as part of that comprehensive wealth management and planning that we do. Yes, it really is a year-round activity. 
For investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Start the wealth metric process. Tom Burkholz, financial planning specialist and CFP. Thanks for your time. My pleasure. Eric Strom, financial planning manager and CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Thank you as always. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. It is Sunday, March 27th. More to come. Quick break. We're going to be back at 92.5 Fox News. Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. Life is feeling more like it used to. Things we missed are coming back. A family visit, time with friends, a trip to someplace special. In putting things in order, Annex can be your partner when it comes to investment and retirement planning so you can turn your attention to what really matters, living your best life. There's so many moving pieces when it comes to proper planning. Spend your time doing things that bring you joy. A trip to AnnexWealth.com is the place to start. Click the Get Started button. We'll take a look at your current investments and see what works and what doesn't. From there, we'll present unbiased advice with the goal of creating an investment and retirement plan for you and your family that includes tax and estate planning. This is important and time is precious. Partner with a local fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management, AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Our website is AnnexWealth.com. If we can help you, click the Get Started button. If we can help answer a question on Ask Annex, you look for the Ask tab. That's where these come from. Joining me, Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, CFP, and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Hello. Hello. Ready to roll? You bet. There we go. Our first one is anonymous. Please settle a disagreement. I believe retirement funding should be set long before my husband and I decide what or how much to leave to our heirs. Yeah, so what you're really talking about here is legacy planning, and there are a couple different types of legacies. There's a legacy we actually leave behind when we're gone to our beneficiaries, heirs, charities, what's left. But there's also living legacies, and that's really what we do with the extra money while we're alive, right? While we're still here, provided our needs have been cared for and we our plan works, right, and we have some surplus. This is a part of retirement funding, and sometimes, you know, a couple can can have a distinctly different opinion on what they both each believe. I've sat in front of couples where one says, I want to flip the last nickel as I slide into home base. And I've sat with the other partner who said, no, no, I want to spend time with my and money on my kids, my grandkids now. So this is a large part of what a wealth manager does. And it's really helpful having this discussion, bringing it to the forefront, checking the financial plan, making sure that the couple's goals are met first, and then dreaming beyond and building that in there. Get that plan in place first, though. Right. Next one's from Frank. Are you advising clients to pay off debt with interest rates rising? And if so, which first? I assume credit card. Yes. Usually it's a good idea to focus on consumer debt, which is credit card debt first, because they carry the highest interest rates. Now, again, this is for people who are running balances on a credit card from month to month. Uh, And obviously, if you only pay the minimum, you aren't mathematically ever going to pay that off. There are different types of debt, though. Sometimes there's smart debt. So this is where in a rising interest rate environment, you know, mortgage rates have popped up a little bit now. We need to really take a look at your current interest rate and take a look at the debt 
and how it relates to your financial plan. We had a question a couple weeks ago, right? Somebody said, what's good debt and bad debt? Definitely there's both, right? You can leverage debt. This is what business people do all the time. Next is from Sarah. I can't find a house to buy and I'm sitting on a substantial down payment. Where's the best place to park it? Okay, Sarah. So rates in our bank account might take a little bit, even though the the Fed is raising rates. what, What happens first is the bank lending to each other is what is the best initially. And then eventually the banks pass down some decent rates to us as the Fed raises them. But let's not hold our breath too long. The fact of the matter is, if you've got a big expenditure pending and you're looking to strike on that house, you don't want to be investing that money or putting it anywhere where there can be a risk that that full amount that you need for that down payment or that house won't be there. So as painful as it can be, if you really are actively looking, you got to kind of hold on to that amount and don't risk it. And we just got a text question. This is not one of your fans is checking in, Deanne. <laughs> I'm so glad Deanne is on. Is it unwise to buy a home together with my partner if we're not married? No, it's not necessarily so, but there's estate planning considerations you want to take into account when you share a large asset. It depends upon what state you live in because there's a difference between how property is treated if you are married in Florida versus Wisconsin, for example. So it really depends. So you want to take a look at the beneficiary designation. Unfortunately, we've seen some situations with large assets where people unintendedly can disinherit their child, potentially, depending upon how they name beneficiaries. So this is why we have attorneys on our staff. It is so important to make sure that your estate plan and those assets flow the way you want them to. And our last one on Ask Annex is from Andrew. Do I need to officially be named financial power of attorney for my mother if I want to actively assist with her financial planning? The key here is the question said they want to assist their parent. Mm. So their parents, their own person, and they can execute a financial power of attorney and still be their own person and make their own decisions. But that financial power of attorney is really for when the parent kind of says, hey, you know what? Help me write the checks. Help me with this. And financial institutions need to see that document in order to take any direction from somebody who's not the owner of the account. How about just riding along in a meeting? Well, okay, now. There are a lot of times as we age, we want to get the next generation involved in our finances. Very different situation, right, than saying, I want my kid to take over making decisions for me. So, yeah, we do family meetings. We do introductory. And it's not always about the parents saying, I want my kid to know every cent I have. It might just be the parents saying, I want my kids to know I've done financial planning. That's Ask Annex. Got a question for us? Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button. If we can help, look for the Get Started button. For investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Start the wealth metric process. Thank you, Deanne. Hang out for one more segment. We need to talk about this great presentation that you've got coming up. You got it. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're going to be right back. 92.5 Fox News. Sure, there are market updates, but learn something new and interesting with the Know the Difference Minute from Annex Wealth Management. We'll go beyond the usual topics and dig in deep on developing and breaking stories. Catch them all on Spotify. Search Know the Difference Minute from Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? Who doesn't love a balanced portfolio? 
when it's truly balanced, that is. And part of the balance is achieved by bonds, sometimes both municipal or muni, and corporate bonds. There is a presentation coming up to learn more about them. Stick around. It's going to be highly useful information. We'll give you all the information on when it's happening. It's called Investigating Muni and Corporate Bonds Know the Difference. Joining me to discuss it, Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, CFP, and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Hello, Deanne. Hi, Danny. I also, I saw some other initials behind your name now. You have another designation? Uh, yeah, an accredited behavioral finance professional. All so. right. Well, we only have, you know, five minutes for this, so <laughs> <laughs> can't do it all. You know, Deanne, when I hear bonds, I think of math, scary math, and I hear people talking about it, and to me, they start sounding like Charlie Brown's teacher. Remember that? <laughs> well, womp, want, womp, womp, yeah. womp, womp. Well, you're not wrong, Danny. It is about math. Factors like rates, duration, yield to maturity, just to name a few. In this presentation, I really like the fact that we get to it early, talking about bonds. Why do you own them? What do they do for you? Yeah, there's definitely a purpose for bonds, also called fixed income, in an investment portfolio. And there's a different type of risk associated with bonds. They help offset the risk held in stocks, potentially. So it's an important part of a diversified portfolio. The question becomes then a tax point of view. What's best for the client situation. Are taxable bonds like corporate bonds more suitable or are more municipal bonds better? Both do act to offset risk, but taxation can become important. So when people hear bonds, is it automatically assumed that they are less risky? Well, you know, that's a common thought, but it's not necessarily accurate. There are lots of different types of bonds and fixed income, everything from bank loans to preferreds to treasury bonds and CDs, as well as corporates, and they all have different types of risk associated with them. Now, Again, bonds are mathematical, and it's a different type of risk. There's reinvestment risk when your bond matures, and what will the interest rate environment be like? And a lot of people who've tried to roll CDs over in the past couple decades have actually experienced that, right? Their CD matures, and then the rate, they say, oh, my goodness, I'm just not getting anything. There's also duration risk. How long is your bond? There's interest rate risk, liquidity risk, all these just to name a few. Is this true or false? We can't be properly diversified without having bonds. Now, now, Danny, 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 you're going to laugh at me, but I have to say it's not that black and white. So I'm going to say it depends. Now, bonds, also known as fixed income, do represent an offset in a lot of cases to stocks in terms of risk. But when it comes to diversification, it really depends on the holistic holdings of the client. To give you a for instance, I've had some 90-year-olds whose investment portfolios of market securities is all stocks. They didn't want bonds because they own rental real estate on the outside that's giving them regular income, and it's also offsetting their risk and providing a different type of diversification. So, this is why it's not a one-size-fits-all answer. It's really dependent upon knowing everyone's holdings and making sure that their goals are met first, obviously, and then taking a look at the risk associated with the current portfolio the client holds. You know, a lot of times people are just not aware of the risk and different types they have within their portfolio and what the current macroeconomic environment might do in terms of the risk. Dean Phillips is Director of Client Learning and Development, a CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. There is a presentation coming called Investigating Muni and Corporate Bonds. Know the difference. Details on that in just a bit. Let's talk about municipal or muni bonds. Is that the thing about that? Is that a tax break thing? Right. So you, you can get a tax break with muni bonds. However, that's not necessarily or shouldn't be the primary driver. Again, you need to look and follow the math because, again, everything about bonds is mathematical. And the taxation, what a lot of people don't know is muni bond interest is added 
reverted back to your adjusted gross income in regard to the taxation of Social Security. So depending upon your sources of income in retirement, munis may or may not be best for you. Is it understandable that people get confused when it comes oh. to bonds? Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. Hang in there, everybody. We've got a presentation that's going to help. Should we have more bonds as we get closer to retirement? Depends on your overall allocation. Most people feel they should take less risk in retirement. We agree with that. Don't take more risk than you need to. Don't chase the market to make up for lost time, for example. Have the right behavior. And of course, financial planning is the driver behind that. You know, it's never too late to financial plan, but the earlier you get started, the better mix, diversification, the more you understand to what you have in the offset of your risk. And like anything else, bonds don't operate under past strategies, right? Absolutely true especially true in a rising interest rate environment like we have now. So it's a great time to explore further why bonds, what bonds, and take a look at the overall income and tax situation. Let's talk about the presentation. It's a webinar, and it's coming up on Tuesday, April the 5th at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central. And you do need to sign up for this. You can go to AnnexWealth.com under the Events tab. For investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Start the wealth metric process. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning Development, CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Money Talk, Annex Wealth Management Show, Sunday, March 27th. There's a lot more show to come. Quick break. We're going to be back on 92.5 Fox News. Ever feel like investment and retirement planning is one gigantic game of whack-a-mole? Up pops market volatility, a virus, a war. It goes on and on, and frankly, it can be a little exhausting. Tired of playing games on the way to retirement? It's time for Wealth Metric from Annex Wealth Management. More than a portfolio review, it addresses your investment, retirement, and tax plan to help achieve the retirement you desire. Visit AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Know the difference. Annex Wealth Management. 92.5 Fox News back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. I'm Danny Clayton, Dave Spano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. You know, Daniel, oftentimes in our office uh, here in Southwest Florida, we have people coming in saying, you know, we've had some changes to our situation and can you help? And obviously, as a fee-only fiduciary, we talk about that all the time. And this this guy came in uh, earlier this week and he said he unretired. And I went, well, Floyd Mayweather, Brett Favre, Tom Brady, they <laughs> all right. did it. That's so right. you're in great company. Some of the greatest athletes of all time have unretired. So he, he went back to work and wanted to know how that's going to affect his Social Security payments, how he's taken income out of his portfolio. And so we walk through that whole process of saying, all right, number one, if you are Tom Brady and you're going to make the kind of money that Tom Brady is, well, you're not really worried about that. If you're a normal person and you go, all right, now I have to take money out of my Social Security or change my income plan, that means changing your portfolio. But right now, dividends are a really good place to be because of the volatility that's in the market. You know you're going to continue to get those dividends no matter if the stocks go up or down. I've got to ask, did he do it because he was bored or because he felt that he needed to get back to work? Well, you know, a lot of people, and we saw this uh, this poll earlier this week that most people People are not secure in their idea of retirement. Either they haven't done it, they haven't stepped yep. into it, and now they're looking at their spouse and going, boy, I need something to do, and they probably just want to run out and be the starter at the golf course, or, or it is because they need income. And that happened in his case because he wasn't prepared. He wasn't prepared mentally or economically for retirement. You know, we talk about that all the time. There is a mental aspect. I mean, I've even taken weeks of vacation where I've kind of like, quote, pretended right. that I was retired. 
tired. And then three the, or list, four days, you know, three, the list from the Honeydew list got <laughs> awfully right. loud, right? But three or four days later, it's like, boy, I kind of miss the stimulus. That's me. Right. And we talk often about the fact that you got to maybe even try it on. Right. It all starts with a plan. You got to have a plan. Yeah. Right. Where somebody would say, can I get down to 30 hours a week? Can I get down to a part-time thing? Can I be a consultant? It all starts with the plan. And that's what we do as a fee-only fiduciary. Come on in, kick our tires. Dave, if somebody's with somebody else, that's okay to get a second opinion. That's all it is, a second opinion. And it's really a good way to think about it. It's a great way to think about it. It all starts at AnnexWealth.com. Just click that Get Started button. Up next, we're going to talk about business succession planning. That's coming up next on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Those new smartwatches give you all sorts of insights on your personal health. Heart rate steps all right there. Wealthmetric gives you key insights on your financial health. If you're looking for analysis and data on your financial health, get your Wealthmetric by visiting AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference? Annex Wealth Management provides comprehensive investment and retirement planning tailored to our clients' needs. And that ranges from starting people on simple path like Annex Ignite all the way to services designed for business executives and their unique needs, and we do everything in between. Joining me, several members of the Annex team. Let's welcome back Brandon Lehman, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Good to see you, Danny. And Wealth Manager Keith Butler. Hey, Keith. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. Hey, so I wanted to take this time and introduce you, Keith. You know, we really appreciate you joining the team. We're excited to have you here. Your background is great. You spent a lot of time working in, in a lot of great areas of financial planning. But one area you and I have talked a lot about is business succession planning and some of the things you've seen there. You know, what are the types of business succession planning you've seen over your career? Well, I've seen pretty much the gamut. It ties hand in hand with estate planning, which was my a big background of mine. And... One thing is if you have co-owners, that presents a whole unique situation because with co-owners who are not family members, they need to work together to create a plan. Plan for the buyout, how to fund a buyout, what triggers that, like is it death, disability. But the more interesting is a family-owned business. And that opens up a whole myriad of personal and professional issues that people have to cope with. Um, You can pass it to directly. You can give it to them during lifetime. You could sell it to them. You could leave it upon death or combination of a gift and sale. When you think back to some of these different transitions you've helped guide people through over your career, what has been some of the major pitfalls you've encountered or seen people encounter as they've started to go down these roads and you've said, well, we, we need to take a step back uh, because of X, Y, or Z. What, what have you seen the most common? Yeah. I've been really lucky in many respects and that a lot of the transitions of business to family members have worked out really well through the luck of the draw. Uh, very successful businesses. But where I've seen a problems come up are for people that dominated the business. For example, let's say you have a chef who owns a restaurant and he passes away unexpectedly. All of a sudden, nobody knows what to do. Who's in charge? Where I've seen the problem arise is where you have a, a dominant owner business and they didn't make a plan to say, okay, if we have an unexpected bad health event, if we have a sudden death, what happens? Who turns on the lights? And, I, and in, in a real unfortunate situation with a, with a restaurant that just closed for a little while, and as I learned at the time, restaurants lose a lot of value if they're not sold as a golden concern. Talking about business succession planning, joined by Brandon Lehman, a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management, and a brand new member of the Annex team, Keith Butler. When you think about it, 
from a valuation standpoint, at what time and what is the best way? Is it annually start looking at valuations of the firms? Is it every couple of years? When should firms and, and business owners start looking at valuation and actually start even this whole process? That's a great question. And particularly the case where you have unrelated co-owners who have some sort of a buyout agreement, stock redemption agreement, they're often called, cross-purchase agreement. I recommend every three years looking at it, unless there's been an event. There may be an event that caused the business to go up in value or decrease in value, unfortunately, over that time. So I would say every three years would be a rule of thumb without something else intervening. When you think about this, so, so every three years, family transitions, at what time should somebody sit down? At what point in their career should they sit down and actually start this planning? Because I have encountered over my career a lot of folks who come to us and they're like, I want to retire next year. And I feel like that's a little late in the game to start the business transition process. When is the best time to start that? Um, the day after you open your business. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, uh, it's something you need to think about immediately. And especially if, it, again, if we go back to a family-owned business, you definitely want to get that planning done. And you want to have communication. Because one thing I found is that people are often surprised by their family. And it can be in either direction. I've seen business owners fret and fret because, oh, my gosh, I, I, I think Brandon should run my company, but what is his sister going to think? And then when you finally have the conversation after fretting about it for three years, she's like, yeah, of course he runs it. On the other hand, you may be able to unearth some problems you didn't dream existed. You may be thinking, ah, they get along great, everything will be fine. Whereas when you have the conversation, you flesh out some things that really then need to be addressed. So there, there's no time that's too soon. That, that's certainly true. You know, lastly, th there's a lot of considerations that go into this from value, from timing, from all of those aspects of it. But what are some of the key considerations that you say, if you're talking to a, a new client, that is the most important things to consider right now? I would say, especially if this is a unrelated owners, how do you want to value this thing? Because the first instinct is, hey, if I decide to leave, I helped build this company. I want to get my value out. But maybe it's not you that's the one that's leaving. So if you leave a, a valuation, if you just leave during lifetime, that's too high. It may be a real burden on the business or the surviving shareholder uh, to buy out. So I think that's one of the biggest things right there is to talk about what are these triggering events? Leave, Just leave voluntarily. You retire. You die. Because there can be a very different answer as to how you value it. For instance, for death, you have life insurance. So there's a way of funding it. You can't buy insurance for somebody just leaving. Good stuff. Keith Butler is a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management, and as you've heard, significant experience guiding the unique needs of business executives, company owners. Keith, thank you for joining us. A pleasure. And Brandon Lehman, wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management, thanks for your time. Thank you, Danny. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. We are back in a quick reminder, Axiom, which is our free weekly newsletter. You don't have to be a client to subscribe to that. 
it's worth signing up for. It's a lots of great stuff. It delivers on Sundays. You can sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Just look for the Axiom button. And if we can help, you just click that Get Started button. One team, one plan, one fee. Know the difference. That is Annex Wealth Management. I'm Danny Clayton. Dave Spano is President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. You know, we like to look forward, and there's a lot of economic news, Danny, that's coming out next week that we're going to have to pay attention to. And there's so many, I don't even know where to start, but the Case Schiller report is coming out, and that's the housing number. And we often talk about that during the week as well. And so that number is coming out. The consumer confidence number Mm. is coming out as well. And the reason why that's important for us, and we've gone through these iterations before, but as inflation goes up, right, obviously the cost of goods go up, right, because whatever we pay for, it be energy or food prices, that goes up. That means personal income goes down because it takes more to fill up your car or go to the grocery store. That means confidence decreases, and that means that GDP decreases. If you can follow that NFL play, that really means at the end of the day, as inflation goes up, GDP can come down. And we don't want zero because, as everybody knows, two back-to-back quarters of negative GDP is the definition of a recession. Why is that so important? Because bear markets and recessions have been connected. But doesn't a recession cure inflation? Well, it we does, but that's not that, the way right? you want to go, that's right? Not, that's not, no. Uh, so you look at you know we look at the GDP report while also coming out an unemployment report and we talked about you know if you're traveling and you're going to restaurants there is obviously a lack of folks uh, out there in the workforce still 11 million job openings right now and so where did people go we talk about the great quit the great resignation and people are moving around perhaps getting jobs they pay them more but we are paying attention to a lot of the economic news because as we covered earlier in the show the Federal Reserve uh, really is in a tight spot they're behind their backs against the wall to try to slow down the economy without crashing it into a recession. In recent history, say like the last 20, 30 years, have they successfully done it? You're more, I, I you're more argue, of a student than I am. Yeah, correct? I think you can argue that all the way back to 1929, the Federal Reserve has been behind every one of the great financial crises. And uh, and I know the Federal Reserve people don't want to hear that, but there are there are certainly economic majors who will make that argument that, that we are likely to see a Fed mistake. And there's no question. They admit that they let inflation run hot. They admit that they got behind the eight ball, if you will. And therefore, things have run away and the inflation has gotten hot. A combination of letting that happen and continuing to print money and to put money into uh, money supply. You know, we've increased the money supply by 33%. The entire money supply of this country has been printed in the last two years. And that got us where we're that, sitting There right it now. is. And yeah. so if you take that and divide that by the number of years, that's likely how you're going to see inflation. We argued that point, and here we are. So how do we deal with it? You put stuff in your portfolio that takes advantage of of it. For example, there are certainly sectors that are going to do well. Just think about ideas like perhaps fertilizer companies or obviously energy companies have already participated. And there are places where you can invest and then get out of those areas if you're doing this by yourself that are not going to participate. If you're not sure, you should go through the process of having somebody look at your portfolio, Danny, and find out what you own why you own it, and how much you're paying for it. And, you know, we have about a minute or so left, and there's a way that they can get that done. Sure. You head to our website. It's AnnexWealth.com. You click the Get Started button, and that begins the wealth metric process. That's pretty neat. That's our team insight, all of our state-of-the-art technology. We want to better serve you as our clients. And I'll tell you this, Dave. Uh, if somebody is working with somebody else and you've just – 
You want a second set of eyes on right. what you've got. Nothing wrong with that. No, you know, Danny and I, you know, as you know, we've talked about uh, know the difference for a long time. And, you know, we're certainly not slamming other advisors, and we've never done that. All these, you know, the 3,000 shows that we've done. But we do say that there is a difference in financial advisors, and you should know the difference between financial advisors. And we have put together a checklist. And one of the first things on the top of that list is, are they a fee-only fiduciary? Write that down. Fee-only fiduciary. That is a major difference, number one. Number two, do they use independent world-class custodians like Charles Schwab and Fidelity and the like? Because those are major differences. And then number three, do they subcontract the investment out to another party and then charge you for it? I just learned that. I learned that there's a lot of firms that just do that. Right. We've got our folks in-house. And it's a pretty big team, Dave. I mean, all the way from... PhD. I mean, and, yeah. and uh, lawyers and CPAs and every one of our folks on our team you have access to. Right. The website, AnnexWealth.com. You know what? You've heard us talk about this. You probably thought, you know what? That's a good idea. And if you're one of those 40% who put off planning, you put it on hold for the last couple of years, get back in Get off the sidelines. We can help. Head to our website. It's AnnexWealth.com. What we do is investment and retirement planning, tax planning and estate planning. It's a complete planning. Use the power of our entire team as a fee-only fiduciary. We want you to know the difference. It's one team, one plan, and one fee. AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Thanks for listening. See you next Sunday, noon, right here, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.